0: Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day to day juggle, mental health, and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mother of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with the music played and a link to follow the podcast on Instagram. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging elders past, present and emerging. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is Julia Reader. Julia is a watercolor and acrylic artist, graphic designer and art educator from Mount Gambier, South Australia, and a mum of one. Julia is a firm believer in following your heart, being open to new opportunities, and that everything happens at the right time. We chat today about how her perfectionist trait stifled her creativity, how she used her art as a therapy tool to work through her control issues, letting go of your expectations not just in art but in life, and allowing mums to feel all the feelings they're experiencing, good and bad, without judgement. This episode contains discussions around infertility, postnatal depression and panic attacks. Today, I'd love to welcome to the podcast, Julia Reader. Thanks so much for coming on, Julia.
1: Thanks for having me, Alison.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Another hometown artist, which I'm really excited to chat to you. you you're a, a painter and do drawing as well. What, what sort of mediums do you work with mainly?
1: So I primarily work with watercolour. I have been dabbling in a bit of acrylic Um they're the main things that I use yeah um obviously watercolor foremost. I think that's probably what I'm probably most known for um but yeah like I really love acrylic too because it's um sort of like the polar opposite to watercolor you can paint over things um if you stuff them up (laughs) um but yeah with watercolor it's not so much the same so in that respect they're like almost two completely different ways of working, and I like to challenge myself sort of at both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, right. So how did you first get into painting? That's a, a really good question. I I teach watercolor classes and I, I say to people that I can never actually remember the first day or the first time that I picked up a paintbrush with watercolor and started painting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do remember doing a, like a little watercolour painting for an exhibition. I was invited to be part of an exhibition for a local group called the Soul Sisters Collective, which is actually a group that I'm now a part of. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I remember doing this little watercolour painting. I remember thinking that it was absolutely terrible, um, but it was what I did and I was willing to frame it and put it up on the wall. And then there was probably like a few years after that that I didn't touch anything watercolor related. And then yeah, somehow I fell back into it and I really have no idea how it started. i like, I can't even tell you whether I was at home or sitting at my office, Um, but it was just something that really just evolved very naturally. Um, You know, there was a lot of practicing, a lot of watching YouTube, Um, because I am self-taught. So there was just really lots of watching videos, looking at how people used it. Um, And then from there, it was, um, I guess, uh, consistency is what I always say is like, it's the game changer for, I think, anything. If we're consistent with something, then we will see the results. Uh, But yeah, it was just a case of... um, yeah, just painting, you know, you might want to mean just once a week. And then um, as I started to sort of see an improvement and um, maybe had a little bit more time, I would paint a couple of times a week. And then um, there was a couple of points where I was doing like a painting a day. Mm-hmm. And I think I I think I started doing that when Jack was um, about 18. No, he was only, he was only 10 months old. And yeah. I look back on that and I just think like that was just such a crazy thing for me to commit to actually <laughs> it was actually not a painting a day it was a project called the 100 day project so it was 100 days of painting and obviously I didn't do it over 100 days it probably went for like 150 days <laughs> but I did 100 paintings and I think I bombed at it about 75 with Jack um, because it was just too much um, and I was starting to get to a point where I was really not enjoying it as much um, because there was a lot of pressure for me to sort of put something out on my social media.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. Um. Yeah. Just a natural evolu- evolution. Evolution. Sorry. Um. Where I just um, went from not really touching it to wanting to play um, paint with it all the time. Yeah developing a really a real love for it and I think that's just sort of where it's um that love has led me to where I am today with watercolor in particular yeah so is that what's kind of happening at the moment with you
0: with the acrylics you sort of discovered this new thing and you're you're sort of learning Mm. and similar kind of sort of I think so
1: yeah I think um I mean look I've still got a huge amount to learn with watercolor like I, I would never like yeah, I guess I I know that I've got so much to um, develop as far as watercolor goes. It's such a technical medium. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I found acrylic and acrylics almost like um, this sort of playful thing that I can do on the side that's still creative. And if, If I don't do it very well, I can literally paint over it and I can start again. And let me tell you, I have got canvases here that have got like about five or six paintings on them (laughs) that have been painted over you know, so many times, and like there's even paintings that people have purchased from me recently, and they would have no idea that there's actually three paintings underneath <laughs> that one that they've actually purchased. So maybe one day, if I ever get rich and famous, um, <laughs> which is really not the intention, um, maybe maybe those people one day will discover that there's like all these hidden artworks underneath the one that they purchased. Maybe, <laughs> um, That'd but be a yeah, it's really. Yeah, <laughs> acrylic is. Um, I just find it like it, it's sort of like reversible. So like if I if I do something wrong, I can literally let it dry and come back and paint over that section. Mm-hmm. Um, Watercolor is just not. You can't do that. So um, yeah, it's it's a little bit strange, I guess, that uh, you've got like these two different mediums that that work in two completely different ways. Yeah, I'm drawn to how each of them work individually. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's some days where I feel like I want that challenge of watercolor. And then there's days when I feel like I just need the ease of acrylic. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, look, acrylic is definitely something that I enjoy. So I can see that that's probably something that I'll continue to do. Yeah. And for me at the moment, it's just working out how I um, bring the two together so that my body of work looks Um, I guess cohesive um, obviously because they're two different things they look different Um, I can achieve different things with each medium so I can do things with perhaps acrylic that I couldn't do with watercolor so they sort of take on a life of their own Mm. yeah but mentally for me at the moment it's just working out how I can sort of bring the two together and when somebody sees that particular work they can say oh yeah that's Julia's work Mm -hmm. um whereas at the moment I feel like there's probably a bit of a divide so I'm just going through that at the moment trying to work out how to sort of gel the two so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah when you say that
0: I think yeah you've got um definitely a recognizable watercolor style like I think Mm -hmm. certainly anyone um local um and I mean I'm not in the art world at all so I'm not sure how yeah, wide things spread but certainly anyone in the mount that would see that would go oh that's julia's um which is really cool um then yeah. i've got quite a few on my wall <laughs> i
1: know you'll <laughs> I, you.
0: I can't quite get it around from it's so uh-huh. over there i've got my little collection of yeah. things and then i've got my kids stuff oh, behind me which is just that like, nice? you know a mishmash of stuff but i love and don't look at. i'm not showing you the other side because that's absolute mess <laughs> 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 but i love I love because I can't draw, I can't do that. I love having those sort of things around me. Um, they sort of inspire yeah. me creatively create creatively in the other the other things that I do. So yeah. Thank you for being awesome at that. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for supporting me. Um, so going back to the beginning, you talked about the Soul Sisters Collective when you um, created your your first watercolor. So what yeah. sort of um,
1: creating or work were you doing um, at that stage? So back then, and I'm just going to pull a year out. I think that was about 2015. Mm-hmm. It could have been it could have been a, a year earlier or so. Um, so back then, my creativity was my graphic design um re- that was really all it was at that point um I I wasn't painting like I wasn't yeah I just wasn't doing anything other than graphic design at that point and I was actually quite um at that point I was really fulfilled in my graphic design career yeah. which is something that I'm like I'm still doing it today it's still at my business um but I think uh, yeah, I was just in need of something else. And that's sort of when the painting started to happen. Um, but yeah, back in 2015, it was just, I was a graphic designer. I was um, friends with a lot of the people that were in the Soul Sisters Collective, which are all, well, at the time, were all um, like soul traders working for themselves, um, all female in um, in Mount Gambia. So, yeah, it was a real honour to be able to um, join their exhibition because, like, I was really quite um, sort of in awe of all of those people because they were all sort of doing this business for themselves. And at that point in time, I never saw myself owning my own business. Um, So, yeah, it was really lovely to be able to join them. Um, But, like, I was highly critical of the work that I put out. Obviously, I wasn't... I wouldn't have called myself a painter or anything at that point. I was literally just dabbling in this um, watercolour that I must have found somewhere because I can't even, I don't even think I probably have the original (laughs) watercolour that I was using on that particular painting. And, um, yeah, just really highly critical of what I did. Um, I've still got it hanging on my wall here, so it can't be that bad. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, at the time I was just really... um, honored to be a part of the exhibition but I was also like yeah not not loving anything that I did at that point so yeah
0: sort of reaching back in your graphic design how did you get into that was that something you've you did at school or you've always been sort of into that sort of stuff
1: yeah I've always been um quite creative even as a child um I I've always gravitated towards the arts um I remember having a science teacher who just used to tell me that I was not going to get anywhere with art and I should just apply myself in his science lessons because this is where it was at (laughs) And I, like, you know, as a kid, I think I when, I, when I say a kid, I was probably like 16, 16 when he was saying this. Yeah, um, yeah I, I always just, I just never wanted to apply myself in math, science or anything. And I, I really do believe that we've got like a brain for creativity and we've got a brain for all those really sort of te- technical um, subjects. And, mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed English, I loved creative writing. Um, So anything that had an element of creativity where I could explore like um, my my ideas and um, I could express myself in some way um, were the subjects that I was drawn to. In saying that I was never like into drama or anything like that. But um, yeah, I was very much into art. I did art, I did design, I had a very, Supportive design teacher, and when I first started design, like he really like fostered an interest in my work, and I think from there, I think I always knew that I was going to be a graphic designer. I I had a period where I thought I would be an architect, Um, but yeah, I got into sort of my my later years of secondary school, and I knew that graphic design was where I was headed. I got to year eleven, sorry year twelve and the workload was just like intense and I decided to split my year 12 up over two years yes. so I could really focus on my design and I can't remember what my final grade was in design but I think it was like 19 out of 20 or something there was some like technical <laughs> thing that stopped me from getting the 20 but anyway it doesn't oh, matter. we got moderated down because yeah. the state wasn't yeah as good. <laughs> yeah that's right and um so from there, I um, actually studied through TAFE, and it was such a fantastic um, it was such a fantastic way to learn because it was so hands on. Mm-hmm. And so I did my first year in Mount Gambier. I did my second year in Adelaide, and I lived with a couple of girls who one I'm still very good friends with today. Um, well, actually, friends with both of them today, but one like our our friendship has just continued on. And we both have very similar interests even today. And we're all, uh, two of us are still graphic designers. The other isn't, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was such a great experience. I, I lived with um, some people that were studying graphic design through university. And so I got to see how the two courses compared and I was just really happy with um, choosing that one because I think if I, I was sitting in a lecture theater learning these things day in, day out, it would I would have lost interest I needed to like see how it worked practically in a like a specific setting and I got to do that so um yeah still very much love graphic design but I'm just understanding that there's so much more to what I can offer um Mm. yeah and yeah I totally recommend graphic design to anyone out there it's still I think it's still a fairly popular sort of choice for younger people yeah
0: Mm. and especially today this all this social media and Everyone's creating images for promotion and Mm -hmm. these little, little what do they call them? Tiles, you know, on the Instagram. Oh yeah, like like it's
1: yeah, Canva's definitely um, like I think it's definitely got a place, Um, and yeah, like just having the skills of graphic design is like really helpful for me, even in my art business and being able to promote myself and keep sort of a consistent theme amongst my look and Mm. creating that brand. So there's like huge benefits to having that knowledge behind me. And I can see that it's probably something that I'll, depending on, you know, how my career plays out and, you know, I don't tie myself down to anything. Um, I feel like my options are always open with what I could be. Um, but I can see that that skill set that I've developed as a graphic designer will certainly carry through. I think probably every job that I do. Oh, so you've got that great yeah it's, that
0: understanding
1: of it yeah. is yeah
0: yeah for sure. There's so
1: much there's so much to it. It's such a broad um a broad job. And every time people say to me, "Oh, what do you do?" and it's like, "Oh gosh, where do I start?" Like <laughs> really varied. <laughs> yeah right.
0: which I loved oh, so God. much. Like <laughs> there's someone like me that like I can't, I, I always thought to be good at art, you had to be able to draw something that looked like the thing you were drawing. That was my yeah. thing in my head. And because I couldn't do that, I thought oh, I can't do it. But then when I, I, kn- I knew nothing about mediums, different text, different whatever's paints. Yeah. When I did that watercolor, I was like, Oh wow. You can do whatever you want. Like it just, just, be- I just, I had no no boundaries, no barriers. It just became this amazing, I don't know, just even the way you got us to practice doing circles and learning, like you said before, it's so technical, how different like amounts of water on your brush create different things and Mm -hmm. just completely opened my eyes. I never looked at things that way. I didn't understand things. So I highly recommend it to anybody that doesn't know anything. (laughs)
1: i see julia because it's amazing (laughs) yeah yeah it's um i think like uh, in most things in our lives we probably like have a set of expectations on on how we need to do that thing and like that includes everything from parenting down to like i don't know how you hang your washing on the line um you know like (laughs) we've got a set way We, we we think things need to be done and what I love about teaching watercolour is just giving people an opportunity to use creativity. And, and a lot of the times it's creativity that people didn't think they ever had. Mm. So I, I really believe that every person on this earth has got an element of creativity in them. Um, I don't think we can survive if we don't. So, you know, it's just giving yourself permission to be able to, to use it. Mm-hmm. giving yourself time and also taking away the, the expectation that you need to be good at it mm. um, because it's unrealistic. Um, so I think that if if I had picked up watercolour on that first day that I did and I expected to paint this amazing painting and I didn't achieve it, I would never have picked it up again. Um, but I gave myself some grace and, you know, whether I did that I probably did it subconsciously. I probably didn't make the decision to go easy on yourself, Julia. But I just, I just went with almost like a a childlike playful, you know, Mm. just go and see what it can do. And then, um, you know, I obviously enjoyed it. I didn't have, I didn't feel like I failed and then I could come back again and, and try again and then come back again and try again. And, and then, I, would you believe it? I've like building these a skill set that's actually starting to make sense, yeah. and I'm gaining a better understanding of the medium. So, in the workshops, that's like one of the first things I say is, um, and I, I had a workshop like literally on Friday night, and I said to the girls there, if if you have, have like any degree of OCD, um, like trying to like perfectionism control issues (laughs) watercolor watercolor will let you know you'll um you'll get to a point where you just like the frustration will be there and it will test you (laughs) so like and you know what like I was totally in that category I was um yeah like probably my my need to control things was like super highlighted when I when I had a newborn because my control was I couldn't control this little human and you know it was months and months of me um you know just trying to trying to get into trying to create a um a routine that fit in with me and it 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 all went terribly pear-shaped like Christmas of um must have been 2017 Jack was six months old and like I literally had a meltdown on Christmas day because I think it was just I put such huge expectations on myself for that whole six months yep. and then Christmas day came and I knew that I had to be here and I had to be there and then I had to fit in a sleep here. And I was very like, and I still, I still am today. I'm still quite routine based. And like, I think my son actually needs that sort of routine too, but um, certainly like that first six months was just a complete undoing. And I got to Christmas day and I just literally had I actually call it a panic attack when I look back now. Mm -hmm. Really found it very hard to breathe. And um, my thoughts were like, I could not like line up the first thing I should do to the next thing to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling like I was just losing my mind. And so Christmas Day was like a massive unraveling for me. Um, And it also was the biggest highlight of... I actually have to surrender like and surrender was like the biggest word it's probably the biggest word that I've adopted or a a principle that I've adopted through my whole parenthood so Jack's only four now and I'm still learning how to surrender like I still I think I've I think I was like almost forced to do it back at that six month point on Christmas day but then I still have these moments where I'm like Surrender, Julia, like you can't control everything, you know, everything will happen as it's meant to. It's a trust, it's a, just having faith that it's all, you know, um, evolving as it's meant to, but yeah, um, yeah. but just going back to the watercolour workshops, the the control, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely something that the watercolour will highlight. I did a couple of uh, like painting a day for, I think I've done it like two or three months now where I've just picked a month and then I've painted something like maybe one particular subject or uh, I've just painted anything I want one day each month. And um, I did a lot of that because um, yeah, I had this like perfectionist trait which really stifled my creativity and mm-hmm. um, And it was just really good to be able to um, commit to something and like let everybody know that this was this thing that I was going to do. So I was being held accountable by people because I I literally would have people message me and say, "Oh, hey, I didn't see you painting today," (laughs) (laughs) which is great because like this is what I this is what I needed. Um, (laughs) But painting every day meant that I didn't actually have time to be perfect. Sometimes I only had five minutes. Yep. Some days I might have had a couple of hours. And so it was a really great way of like breaking that that thought pattern of you have to get this right because um, I, could, I could see that that was an issue. And I think just flicking right back to that day that I had a meltdown, it was, um, you know, it was highlighted to me back then that I had this tendency to want to get everything right and have everything work perfectly in this certain way. And so then as I was becoming more and more aware of that, as I parented, as I painted, um, I was putting myself in positions that I could really like challenge that way of thinking. And so these these months that I would paint every day um, really sort of reversed my thinking around that. And so now when I go and teach watercolour, it's probably the main thing that I try and get across is like, let go of your expectations. And like, this is not just painting. I think this can just go right across the board. Yeah. We, we really um, are super hard on ourselves. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about my own experience here, but I have spoken to so many other mothers and we all, fall in this trap of you know we've just got to get it right and um you know we we need to have control and um I just don't think it's um fair on ourselves I don't think it's reasonable and it's not fair on our children either um because they're their own little people and they're not supposed to be controlled to the nth degree like so yeah what a journey it's been let me tell you (laughs) it's like you created your own Form of therapy, like you worked out,
0: yeah, you needed to do, and you used your art as as that that tool.
1: Yeah, that's quite incredible. (laughs) I I think, um, I think, like, I'm 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 such a believer in, um, you know, people come into our lives as they're supposed to. Experiences come in. I think children come into our lives when they're supposed to. Mm. Um. And like, I've always had a a real trust that I would be given the things that I need to get me through at the time. Mm. And painting, especially watercolor is like highly therapeutic. And I had a girl sitting next to me on Friday night and she said, I would pay to just come here and watch you put the paint on the paper because it's like she said, I'm mesmerized by it. Mm. As and I've heard this by so many people. And like I even do this when I watch other people paint. Uh, So it's not just that people who have never seen watercolor be used before get like in Mm. a trance from watching being painted. It's me watching and I I know like I've painted enough now to like, yeah, if I watch somebody painting, I can get just really sucked in and just watch it. um, there's a huge therapeutic benefit to um, I'll just say watercolour because um, that's what I know. And it's, it's also just like sort of that flowing sort of medium. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so I think, yeah, it's certainly something that I've considered is like actually studying art therapy because I think, yeah, we're in a day and an age where I think it's probably needed. Well, I don't, don't probably think it's needed. It's is needed. So
0: yeah. 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 Um, you, you bring up about watching people. I love watching people on Instagram. I'll just watch people paint. Like I mm. love it so much. It's like it started started off, I think, as an interesting to to work out how people make things. Um mm. from not having any understanding of, of how people create art, mm. really, um, the processes. And then yeah, like I love it when people post their actual videos of them painting. It's it's like a like a meditation, I suppose. You just get lost in it, and it's just it gives you something. It's just incredible. I don't quite know how to explain it, but I just no. love it. It's just a beautiful thing to to witness. And then I'll like write a comment on someone's. Oh, I love love watching you paint. And they'll be like, Oh, I wasn't sure if I should share it or not. You know, people feel that. Um, I don't know, that nervousness about putting it out there because I suppose they mm. feel um, judged. I don't know if that's the right word, but they're, yeah, but that yeah. I don't think they realise how much people get out of it. You know, that, yes. that tiny, tiny little thing that they share, like 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, something that, I've noticed any time I paint, um, post anything live, like um, well, not live, but um, you know, if I do like a time lapse of a painting or something, mm. um, I can always guarantee that someone will say, "I just loved watching that." And it might not be that they loved the actual painting or yes. the subject or whatever; they just loved watching the paint go on the paper. So, mm. um, yeah, it's 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 pretty special. Actually, I feel quite privileged to be able to, um one sort of have an understanding of watercolor because it is something that takes a bit of time and I'm also I also feel very privileged to be able to pass that on to people mm-hmm. um and I I just love the fact that um I have people that come back and come yeah. back and come back to these workshops so if there was any um sort of if I needed any sign that I was sort of doing the right thing It's just that people come back and they want to keep learning and, you know, putting themselves in a position where they can try this out. So it's great.
0: teaching did you find any sort of challenges in that or did you sort of jump into it like yep I'm really I want to share I I don't have any sort of hang-ups about you know being in front of a crowd like did it come to you really naturally or did you have any sort of challenges
1: yeah oh um like I think like probably just nervousness but I think that would be pretty normal amongst anyone yeah the actual teaching side of it was um so just I'll just take one step backwards I'm and then I'm, I'm one of these people that overthink everything. Um, I am super analytical, so I can almost talk myself into something and out of something in the same, like, thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the way that the workshops came about was, uh, I think I, I Might have put up a video of me painting something, and someone said, "Oh, I'd love for you to teach me how to do that." And then I put up a story on Instagram that just said, "Is there anyone out there who would like to learn watercolor?" And it was like one of those questions, yes or no. And then I got lots of yeses. Yeah. And literally, it all happened within like a few hours. (laughs) And I think like this is the beauty of like. When you when you when you've sort of done something over and over again, like I've done, I can't count probably how, how many workshops I've done now. When you look back to like, what was the first, like, when did you start doing this? And it's like, oh, it was this, it was just this really flippant decision to put up an Instagram story. And like that's where it started. It wasn't overthought. It wasn't something that I planned for months or years or anything like that. It was just this one really defining moment that was just very organic yep and it it all started from there and like yeah I just love the fact that I'm here I am like a few years down the track still teaching these workshops still getting people coming to my classes Mm -hmm. and yeah it was just this (laughs) just this really um like fleeting moment where I was almost like just this change in my direction yeah yeah I'm so grateful for that yeah
0: it sort of links in what you were saying before about you know believing that things happen at the right time things will happen yeah you know it's like you made that that decision and instantly it was all opened up for you because it was like it's almost like when you manifest something you know but obviously you hadn't thought about that for a while but it's like it was like you're ready it's going to happen now you know what I mean it just off it went it's like yeah I love that
1: (laughs) oh I do too and I think you know you just um yeah you, you follow the things that feel right and good and I think a lot of that's intuition yeah um which is something that I've like worked on for a long long time um so like I really do try and listen to my gut and I really do try and um yeah just just follow the things that really light me up Mm. um you know hopefully like whether I even listen back to this podcast of my own voice (laughs) I don't know but um if I do I would love to be able to hear the excitement in my voice around watercolor because if I was talking about cooking (laughs) like it would be different you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't pick up that I was like really enjoying this thing so yeah. I'm pretty sure if, if I could compare the two you know and, and it's that it's that excitement and that joy that comes through in the way you deliver something or the way you talk about it that mm-hmm. um like they're the things that I want in my life mm. um yeah and like I said to you at the start I don't rule anything out. I don't know where I'll be in five or 10 years time. Maybe I won't be teaching watercolor, but maybe I'll um, like, maybe I'll have an art school or maybe I'll be an art therapist or I just always want to keep chasing the thing that lights me up. Cause I think that's when you're really on path. That's when you're really doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing um, in this lifetime. So um, yeah, I'll just keep chasing it. <laughs>
0: I love that. It's like you're so open to whatever can come in, um, and yeah, yeah, listening to your intuition and going, yeah, actually, I feel
1: like doing that. I'm going to do that. You know, yeah,
0: that's brilliant.
1: Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are days when my head definitely talks a lot and says, <laughs> "You still have to pay bills, Julia, and you can't do that." Um, oh, but you know, it's a slow burn. I think if you just um, give yourself the um, the space to entertain the idea, at least, yeah. um, then you've sort of like planted a seed, and, and whether it grows into something or not is probably just a matter of time. So. Mm. Mm.
0: talk about Jack so Jack he's four now yes.
1: um,
0: and you mentioned that when he was 10 months old you uh, made the decision to do your your picture and your painting a day yes um
1: yeah.
0: so how does Jack sort of fit in with your with your art um are you able yeah. to create while he's there or sort of how, how does that sort of look on a, a day-to-day basis I guess yeah
1: so first six months of um of Jack was pretty much like ground day yeah. <laughs> it was hard like I'm not gonna lie and I'm not gonna sugarcoat parenting it was bloody hard um yeah and I'm very I'm a very self-aware person I didn't go into parenting thinking it was going to be easy but like it literally cracked me open and like I'm grateful for that now but Back at the time, I think if I was going to really be completely honest, I probably had postnatal depression um, and found it very hard asking for help. And I've always been very proud and very um, independent sort of person. So I felt like I should be able to do this. And if I asked help, I'd be judged. Mm -hmm. So the first six months, not a lot. By about 10 months, I think he was probably getting into a routine of better sleep. And I'll just say here that he's like four years old and still wakes up in the middle of the night. So um, I'm, I'm okay with that now, totally okay with that now because I've surrendered to it. Um, but yeah, like by 10 months, I think I felt like I needed to, I was trying to claim a piece of myself back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I felt like I'd given and given and given and it was it was a real slog and I wasn't getting a lot of sleep, still at 10 months, not getting a lot of sleep. Um, But I think I just needed to try – I knew that I needed to give myself something, but I didn't know – I think it was just the thing that I could see myself able to do at a kitchen table at night time. So I was still in my house. I didn't have to go anywhere to do it. Um, And and it was therapeutic. Like, I did enjoy the actual painting side of it. So I definitely – definitely tried it I got to all I I did pretty well I got to 75 days and then decide I actually made it quite clear I said to everyone on social media I can't actually I just can't do this anymore like I actually I'm really proud of the fact that I've got to 75 days but I can't like I just can't keep doing it and it was great I got a good response it's like you know you've done amazing we can't believe you've done that with a 10 month old baby or whatever (laughs) yeah um So after that point, um, like creating with Jack was just very, very intermittent. It was just, you know, most of the time if I had a spare couple of hours while he was sleeping, you know, I was actually working. Like, so I was back doing my graphic design, trying to work within sleep time. So I really wasn't creating a lot at all. Um, Still like, I guess, being creative with my what I call my my real job, graphic design, mm-hmm. um, but, like, I wasn't painting, I wasn't, like, I wasn't, yeah, doing it consistently by any means. Um, today, uh, I was, well, I guess, you know, jumping to today is probably cutting out a huge portion of his life, but um, I think just as he got older, um, I was able to do a little bit more with him around. Um, But generally now I try and carve out time when I haven't got him
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or when it might be a weekend and he can be um, out playing with his dad and, um, you know, I can sort of just get a a mental run on like, it's quite hard to explain. I mean, I'm not sure whether it's the same for you, Alison, whether you're writing music or... um, like producing it or however you do it um but when you're in the zone you're in the zone mm. and when you get snapped out like it's very hard to be um so pulled out of it and then come back in it like and that might just be even like him jack sticking his head in the door and saying hey mum i'm hungry <laughs> um <laughs> they say <you're> <laughs> yeah that can really like snap you out of your like your train yeah. of thought and yeah yeah, like I think that's probably been the trickiest part is when you've got that real creative urge that you just, you know, that you need to just go in and, and paint something. Yep. And you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So you've, you're feeling, you get very frustrated and feel a little bit creatively stifled when you can't use that creative energy. Mm-hmm. And then when you're able to use the creative energy, but you're getting interu- interrupted and yeah and so I think um the way that works best for us now is if I am just on my own and I can just do it and I don't get bothered um and like this is not happening all the time let me tell you like um but it's amazing I think it's amazing what you can achieve in a short amount of time when you do have children um something that might have taken me a few days to achieve like I can literally like it in a couple like a couple of
0: hours (laughs) yeah
1: um so you learn to use your time very wisely yeah um and you learn to be very intentional with the time that you have i think Mm. so um yeah look it's very much i grab what i can get when i can get it at the moment Yeah. the time that i can get to create that's what that's how it works at the moment but i know down the track you know two years time or well, like kindy next year and then school the year after and i know that a lot of things will open up for me in that in that period of jack's life and i don't want to lose sight of like what i've got with him at the moment and the time that i have with him at the moment so i don't wish i had more time i'm just taking the time that i've got because i know that this is just this is the season of my life at the moment Mm. and um it'll all change and then it'll all change again and it'll all change again so it'll just continue to evolve yeah
0: And you're you're good with change. You you like you know you're obviously sound like you're accepting that. Do you think that ties into your connection with nature that you you spend a lot of time you know seeing things change, seeing the leaves change, seeing you know
1: yeah. Do you think that that helps? Yeah, you? I think um, I think by nature I like. Um, Yeah, it's probably a little odd, really. Like, because I do like, I do like to know, I do like to know what's in store for me.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, actually, it's really interesting. Um, Yeah, I guess I like an element of control, but for the most part, I'm happy to. I'm happy to just move in the direction that feels right. So I think, yeah, um, yeah, it's a really interesting question because I feel like I've probably got a little bit of like a, I've still got an element of control. I think I've probably always had that. Um, but yeah, i'm just I'm just very trusting of like I'm trusting that I'm going to be, I'm going to end up doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing have a real, real faith around that mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean like I literally love being out amongst the natural world like it's so grounding for me yeah. and yeah I think that probably does play a part in it like I, I see like I, I even said before it's the season of my life like um, you know I, I think I can see that like we're all not meant to be doing the same things like every day. I go through phases where I want to be really, really creative. And then I go through like a social media hiatus where I, I do not post anything. And like, I'm sure the algorithm <laughs> hates me for it, but um, you know, like I was on holidays recently and the last thing I wanted to do was even look at social media, let alone post something. So no one heard from me for, like, probably 10 days.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, I go I go through big waves of, um, you know, wanting to be um, seen and heard. Um, sometimes I go through phases where I really feel like the thing that I'm thinking about needs to be heard by someone. So I like to, like, you know, put it into words or whatever. And then I go through phases where I just literally want to withdraw from it all. Um and I, I honor that, like I don't, I'm not gonna post just because um, oh no one will see me, you know, because the algorithm won't like me. I really couldn't care less about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, I definitely like to just go with the flow and I, I think you're right, probably tying that back into like the nature side of things is probably perfect.
0: into the two topics that I particularly like to talk about um first one's mum guilt and I put that in air quotes
1: mm-hmm. how do you feel about mum guilt Julia how do I feel about it yeah okay so if you were talking to me about an experience that you'd had like let's say you um were finding it hard giving you- yourself time to do something um, my advice to you would be Alison you're still the person you were before you had a baby get out there you know you need to spend some time on yourself so I can give some great advice but <laughs> so I would like to say that I don't believe in mum guilt but I've experienced it so I think it's definitely it's there um I still have moments even today where I feel like I could be doing better, should be making a different decision. Um, I think it's I think it's incredibly real. Um, I think it would be great if it wasn't, but I think we would be kidding ourselves if we said that it wasn't a real thing. Um, because yeah, I I've felt it. I've I've probably even been in a category of um, is it martyrdom martyrdom is that what they call it where you yeah you you just really sacrifice yourself for somebody else and um yeah it's really interesting because um like I've had an understanding prior to having Jack of how important it is to look after yourself and to put yourself first and to know that that's actually not being um it's not being selfish it's like probably the purest form of self-love is to be able to put yourself before somebody else Um, but then falling into motherhood and yeah it's just a real like it just it it upends that belief and I, I think for me it probably just it just happened like it was just I think a change of lifestyle knowing that I had a little baby that was like 100% reliant on me and I felt I, I just sacrificed myself I literally did and I think when it came to that Christmas day when I you know everything fell apart um you know it really highlighted to me that I needed to take better care of myself like I was not eating well I I literally just ate the scraps and that's not to say that I didn't have like my partner cooking me meals and stuff like I I I still ate Mm. you know well but um you know just just eating toast on the go and you know not just making decision that I actually had to look after myself so yeah it took a while to get my head around that but um I think yeah just getting back to what you said mum guilt is um it's alive it's happening it happens um, and I think what we all we can do is really like support, um, especially new mums, um, to understand, give give them give them the uh, the ability to be able to um, you know spend time on themselves, you know, going there helping them. Um, but you know, it's not just new mums as well. It's it's I think it's mums in general. Yeah just yeah of all of all kids of all
0: ages yeah yeah I think that's a really important point because I mean I'm not obviously I'm not begrudging the newborn stage because I know that it's hell I've done it twice and it's, Mm. it's really hard that's the thing like it's it's almost like well you're over this hard stage you'll be fine now off you go you know it's like I think you're right looking out for mums of of children at any stage in any age is really important. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I can only speak of you know the first four years, um, but I know that it's like it's still things that you know. An example is, you know, I've got work that I have to get done. I've got deadlines. I, I work well at the moment. I'm not working from home, but I'll likely be back working from home soon. And, you know, if there's a time that I need to jump on my computer and finish something off and Jack comes up to me and says, "Mom, can you come and play with me? And I have to say, uh, nobody, I've got to get something done for work. You know, there's an element of guilt in that, but um, the reality is that that's life. Um, you know, I do have to get this thing done. Um, and so I can, I can reflect on that and say, well, you know, you, you did have to do the thing that you did, Julia, but... It doesn't mean that I don't have that moment where I think, um, you know, I, I should be playing with him because this is what he wants. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, the whole mum guilt situation, mm. but uh, I, I totally believe it's there. Yeah. Mm.
0: It, it's an endless thing, isn't it? It's like one day you might feel like you, you got it right and then the next day you feel like you're the worst mum in the world. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
1: it's like yeah it's
0: a, it's a constant thing and you, and you mentioned briefly there ties into my second point about identity where you said you're still the same person you were before you had children mm. so that obviously it's a belief that you hold
1: so um, one of my friends had uh, a baby years before I had Jack and I watched her go through, um, I watched her lose, I I watched her, uh, I didn't watch her lose her identity, but I watched her um, talk about losing her identity and then trying to reclaim it back and I I remember saying to her you're still the person you were before you had your baby like you're still my friend I still remember you when I like studied with you lived with you um so like that hasn't changed for me um but she had lost sight of that and I couldn't quite get my head around it at the time and I was really trying to explain it to her and it wasn't until I had Jack that I understood what happens, yeah. and you do lose yourself. Like, I don't think it matters how. Um, well, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but certainly for me, like I totally lost myself. I didn't know who I was. I, I knew that I, I knew what I enjoyed doing before I had Jack, and I knew that I now had a baby, and I obviously couldn't make them both work at the same time. So I felt like I was in this like limbo state mm-hmm. and it took it took a while for me to work out. Um, actually, it was sort of like a process of re- reinventing myself. That's how I felt it. Yeah. It, it played out. Um, I, I started trying to paint again. It obviously didn't like go how I'd planned. Um And it was still very hit and miss as far as when I could actually be creative and when I couldn't. Um, But I think what it did was um, it made me realise what I actually wanted to do. I started to get really clear on the direction that I wanted to take. And I sort of think, um, I had a friend say to me, uh, I think Jack was only quite young. He might've been six months old. And I have a friend or she's actually a client as well who said to me, Julia, when you become a mum, she said, you've only got a certain amount of like bullshit that you can tolerate in a day. Yeah. So when you've reached your threshold, you know, you're done. And I, I always remember that. Cause I just remember thinking like it, like I just didn't have time for a lot of stuff that I didn't, have any interest in so So. i um i think i just it just i started to become really clear on the direction i wanted to take Um, i became very clear on the people that i wanted around me and the people i didn't need around me Um, a lot of things just started to um uh, like very much very slowly but over time making more and more sense yeah Um, yeah and I I feel like I started to reinvent myself. Um, and yeah, I honestly believe that that's why I'm where I am today, because yeah, I just didn't have I just didn't have the energy for meaningless things. Yeah. And so I was just trying to follow the things that felt right and felt good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it's it's like this this new perspective of. I only have this amount of time and I'm not going to give this time to stuff that that doesn't feel good for me or is you know feels like it's being wasted on stuff that's irrelevant yeah. and yeah and
1: I think naturally um you know when your life changes that much I think naturally things just drop away mm. and um like that that goes for friendships jobs um beliefs I think just the things that don't serve you anymore or perhaps we're not really sustaining in the first place you just don't have time for them Mm. or they don't have time for you anymore so I think um, yeah uh, look I think like I think motherhood is just such a pivotal point in a woman's life I don't think you can you can never expect that you're going to be the person that you were before I think it's so unrealistic but you don't know that until you're doing it yeah. yeah, that's it. It's very much—it's very much a learned, a learned experience or a learned lesson. So you
0: have—you have to experience it together. It's like that joke: if you—you you had to be there, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. When you said before about control with, with Jack, when I had Digby, um, uh, sorry, when I had Alex, I was exactly the same. I just wanted everything to go how I needed it to go. Um, like mm-hmm. I I remember one day, I had a similar experience to you, but perhaps not on the same scale, that I, I wanted to go and watch Ben. He was cycling at that stage, so I wanted to watch him ride. So I'd worked out the whole day of when he had to get up, when he had to sleep, all this stuff. So that I could go watch and it didn't work. And I just lost it. I was like, oh, I can't do anything anymore because I've got this kid and blah, blah, blah. And I remember my mother in law said, He's not going to be this young forever. He's going to change. And I was like, Like, I, I didn't hear, you know, it didn't mean anything at the time. And then when he did start to change, I was had this mourning period of, Oh, no, he's not a baby anymore. Blah, blah, you know, like, and my yeah. friend said to me, Don't wish it away. Don't, don't wish him to be older. So yeah, when I had Digs, oh, yeah. I, was, I was the complete opposite. And I think it helped because I'd I'd been working in childcare for quite a while when I had digs. So I, I saw all the myriads of ways that children could be raised and how their routines could be. And I had mm-hmm. this whole new outlook on, on parenting. And also there were seven years between them. So I had quite i I'd grown up a bit too. And yeah. with Digs, I just let it happen as it happened. And I was just such a more relaxed mother. Yeah, just I could completely completely relate to that your experience oh yeah yeah
1: yeah. and like when you said like you know you had this thing you wanted to be doing at the end of the day so like you Mm -hmm. would try and organize wake sleep lunch sleep you know and I did the same thing it was like
0: Mm. yeah
1: the pressure I put on myself yeah absolutely yeah yeah I didn't really touch too much on the the spiritual side of things but like yeah like it's maybe it's not the same for everyone but for me it was like a very very um like it was it was an awakening of sorts it was sort of like you know you you can't control everything like you're not meant to control everything Mm -hmm. um so I just feel like I've been cracked open multiple times through this parenting experience and it's been it's been like I would never, ever trade it for anything in the world. Um, but I'm also not going to gloss over it and pretend that it was easy because I think we see so much of that. Um, and I feel like people go into parenting with this, like, I mean, you don't want to make them feel like it's going to be doom and gloom. Otherwise, you know, the human race is probably the end. But, um, you know, like, but you want to give them some honest, Like give them some honest um, accounts of what you've been through, because then it also validates the people that are in it, doing it, thinking that life is just like yeah, it is hard. And to have people come along and say, like even when you're in your depths, and someone comes along and says, "This won't last forever," don't wish this away. It's like no, but can you just like can you just sit with me in this place that I'm in at the moment and actually validate that I'm it's okay for me to be. Yeah. thinking this thing at the moment like yeah yeah, yeah we, we have valid yeah yeah
0: i don't think enough of that goes on that that you're actually you're allowed to feel what you're feeling it's okay to feel yeah. what you're feeling and and it's, let yourself feel that way you know
1: someone comes along and says you know julia this won't be forever and then you get that element of guilt oh you know like i i should be i should be more thankful and grateful um yeah like I I went through an infertility journey leading up to having Jack and it was four years and then when I had him to have all these feelings of like oh you know like my life I remember feeling trapped I remember sitting on the toilet one day just thinking I'm just trapped I'm like I'm just I can't get out of this um, I remember having thoughts of like Jack not being out of sleep so so when when I was trying to put him to bed because this was bedtime, mm-hmm. trying to get him to sleep, persisting, persisting persisting almost going insane yep. when really I should have just got him up got back up yeah okay, he's not ready to sleep yet put him back down later but no in my head mm-hmm. this was bedtime yeah and I so I drove myself like crazy and I remember thinking, I wish he had a reset button that I could like, I remember having those thoughts of like, I wish I could literally just press a button that turned him off and he went to sleep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, like I look back yeah. on those thoughts now and I'm like, God, that was crazy. But mm. like, you're in the depths of it. Like, okay. and when you're having that little thought to yourself in that dark room and no one else is seeing or hearing it, yeah. you know, you, nobody knows what you're going through, do they? Like nobody, no. nobody hears that little thought that you had.
0: No.
1: Yeah. So yeah, far out. It was bloody hard. You didn't know any better. And I think that's where you need to give yourself grace. You just, you didn't know any better. Yeah. And if you did it all again and you have, you do it differently because you've learned and you're easier on yourself. And, you know, I, I hope that I get to do it again, but, and I know that if I do, it would be, totally different i'll have a different perspective and you know jack's four years old maybe i'll have a seven-year gap too you know like and i'm actually okay with that because i think i don't think i could have done it any other way oh yeah i don't think i i don't think i could back up children like you know and i'm not no disrespect to anyone who like wants the two-year gap or the whatever um but i don't personally think that i could have ever achieved it yeah if I had a fallen pregnant when Jack was two years old, I would have cried myself to sleep every night. Like, you know. Um, Me too. Because it's, I just don't believe that I was meant to have, a, you know, yeah. So, um, oh, you know, the beauty of hindsight, hey, to oh, just be yeah. able to sort of look back and, yeah. But it is what it is and, um, you know, we just did the best we could really. So, Which wasn't really that bad.
0: So you've recently set up um, a space outside your home for
1: your work. Um, yeah. Yeah, Is that going? Going good? Oh, no, it's going really well. Um, I'm, I'm probably there for a, a little bit longer, as in maybe a month to six weeks, something like that. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I was offered a... Um, the back section of a coffee shop in Mount Gambier called Confession, who does delicious coffee, by the way. <laughs> that's, been, that's been the downfall. <laughs> Too much caffeine. Um, but, yeah, look, I I got to a point where I needed a um, – I just wanted a space that wasn't at home. I could see that, like, I wasn't getting a lot done here. Um, so I felt like I needed like somewhere that I could actually go to work. Um, I've been working from home for I think eight years, actually nine nine years. And for the most part, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually put something up on Instagram one day and it was just like, um, does anybody have a space? I'm sort of in need of a space to work from. It can be... Can be formal, it can be informal. Um, I'm not going to rule out what it is, where it is. Uh, yeah, so I just um, sort of, you know, put it out to the universe, and um, and then, like, I was probably buying copies every day from confession at that point. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I got a message um, from Dawn on on a Thursday night to say, you know, we've got this space. Um, businesses moved out of it and they've found their own um, shop front do you have any interest in maybe working from there for a few months and really just to fill a hole so it was going to be just an empty room and they didn't want that so um without even thinking I just thought yeah absolutely like um what is the worst that can come of this I I'm either incredibly unproductive there and I can work, I can just bring my stuff home and work from here if I need to. Mm-hmm. But I had this whole room that I could hang up my artwork, which has been leaning up against walls in my office for ages. Yeah. Um, so I just really saw it as an opportunity and a bit of an experiment. Yeah. And I still see it as an experiment. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't see any negatives to it. So... Um, it's been fantastic. I, I have spoken to people that called, like, it's a bit of a thoroughfare, the room that I'm in, um, but like I get to chat to people that I've never met before. I've had some amazing um, encounters and, and conversations with people that have like furthered me in some way, whether it's the way I think about something or, um, you know, just conversations with people who are trying to create art groups or other artists or, um, yeah, I've, I've had the ability to work alongside a couple of artists and, and it's just fabulous being in that really sort of creative space with other people. Mm, yeah. I've had my artwork up on walls. I've been able to sell a couple of paintings, um, just um, expose myself to a, a group of people that I wouldn't normally come across. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and what I've learned from it is, as much as I classify myself as an introvert, um, I do need interaction with people. but I need a, I, I sort of need it on my terms too. Um, so I get a lot from working with other creative people. Just it doesn't I don't have to be working on a project with them, but just being in their creative space yeah. is very important. Um, and that I get a lot more done working from somewhere than working from home. Yeah. Um, like it's amazing how many times I probably catch myself underneath my clothesline hanging up washing and <laughs> thinking, how did I even get here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like I think you hear the washing machine go off and before you know it, yeah, you you're hanging up the washing and it's like, Julia you're working like you're working (laughs) on something um so yeah I'm realizing now that there is a um a benefit to me not working from home um and I love the fact that I can go to work and I come home and I feel like there's a division between Mm. the two
0: yeah
1: and I feel like when I'm home I'm home and I'm present and um these are just all things that I have um I just haven't noticed because I haven't been able to work away from my office that is in my house yeah. and now that I've had that opportunity I'm um I, I think like from here I'll, I'll be looking for somewhere that I can actually call my work space or my studio yeah. where I can be just productive and have my own my own area and i also know that I, I want to be able to work amongst other people so um yeah it's been fantastic it's been so good for that yeah
0: absolutely it's given you these like like we said before you don't you don't know i guess you don't know what you don't know so by experiencing <laughs> things you've gone yep yeah, this is good mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i think it's great too for people that um like follow you on social media they can actually go and meet you face to face too which exactly. is which is like so important I think too like it's great that people build relationships online but it's I think it's it's especially with art like you actually want to see and I don't want to say touch the person but you want to be near the person that's making this Um, so I think that's yeah to you know you get the the energy and pick up on their vibes and that sort of stuff too so
1: Yeah. it's
0: definitely benefits benefits that way as well and for people to be able to you know touch and feel and you know see see your artwork and yeah oh it's great Does Jack ever get involved with you? Does he do painting or anything like that? Do you do it together?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, he does. Um, Jack is like he's he hasn't shown a huge interest in like art and stuff at the moment. Um, There's also an element of me like not wanting him to get paint everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I won't (laughs) lie, like control going on. no we've definitely had days outside where he's um unleashed his creative um his creative uh desires but um yeah he's yeah like he he's definitely got creative creativity in him but at the moment he's just very much into anything with wheels um, (laughs) that makes noise yeah um he was funny he was playing uh doing some coloring in only a couple of days ago and like he he colored outside of the line okay so he's four years old colored outside of the line and he colored over the top of the yellow headlight on the car and he was he, he hated it he told me he was never going to pick up another colored pencil and here i am like beside him going you have done an amazing job jack like yeah. you know you're still practicing you're not you can't color in in the lines you know, you're not going to be able to do it properly for a little while. Yeah. Um, so like I'm coaching him through that. <laughs> Meanwhile, like totally seeing a portion of myself inside of him, like, you know, trying to control things. But um oh, yeah, he um I I I don't think he doesn't really influence my work. Um the way that he does influence, I guess the way that he does influence my creativity in some way is that um you know I want I want him to do the things that he loves to do and I want him to explore the things that he loves to do and I think um like I can only lead by example in that in that respect um so I want him to know that um you know I've I've had a lot of people say to me oh you're you're the arty type and it's like oh what does arty mean like I'd like to I'd like to just get you to explain that to me but um you know a lot of a lot of a lot of people think um artists can't make money Mm. but artists can make money there's plenty of artists that make money there are artists in this town making a lot of money by selling their stuff online and yeah to not sort of um pigeonhole anything and to um you know just give give just entertain the idea that you could be you know good at this thing if it's not today it could be you know in a month's time or a moment maybe it'll be 10 years time but like just persistence is the key so he influences me in that respect but he doesn't necessarily influence the things that I paint that's very much a personal thing for me so um yeah yeah. but he's certainly part of the process I guess he can't he can't not be yeah yeah that's it that's it yeah So I've got one more workshop left for the year and that is on the 4th of December. That's a Saturday at the Apple farm. Um, That's a two hour workshop and it includes um, it's actually over three hours. There's a two hour workshop and then there's an hour for lunch and there'll be a delicious um, pizza and sort of shared platter lunch. And um, that's, very festive theme so there'll be the opportunity to paint some um you know gift tags and cards and stuff like that it's quite a social um a social sort of afternoon so it's not so much about learning a lot about how to paint watercolor Mm -hmm. it's just giving you sort of the tools the materials to be able to um just have a bit of fun Mm -hmm. um and i'm sort of really like envisioning you know especially mums i'm very got a very feminine audience Mm -hmm. um and i just sort of want people to be able to say oh you know we haven't brought up with our friends for ages why don't we do this thing It's like our little yeah um, christmas catch-up um because we all know what sort of december looks like in most people's calendars yeah um or like a staff show or something like that so um it's such a beautiful venue and I'm hoping that the weather's amazing and you know good food good company um you know a bit of like creativity I I think it's perfect so um, that's that's the workshop that I've got coming up Mm -hmm. um I've just launched my website um congratulations well <laughs> <laughs> no, there's still a lot to go on there but like once again something is better than nothing and it's an it's an evolution it'll like it'll just continue to evolve but um yeah so I've got my website up so my web address is uh juliarita and I'm just about to kick off on a project um run by April Haig and Jane Van Eaton. So two like amazing artists in Mount Gambia who were doing like fabulous things with regard to um, like art education. And they, they just recently won a grant and they're launching a project called the Portrait Project. And it's, I believe it's 10 artists. We all have our photo taken and then we all paint a portrait of either ourselves or one other person in the group um, based on the portrait photo that was taken of us. Mm -hmm. And it's a project that will span over six months and we get to spend time with like these 10 artists and we get to sort of collaborate and discuss and um, just learn different techniques and styles. And I think it's just fantastic to sort of submerge yourself in um, a group of women that, all have, like, a similar interest. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, I was so thrilled to be invited to do that. And it was, again, like, one of those no-brainer moment moments where I knew this was sort of, like, another experience that would, like, enhance the direction that I'm going in. Mm. And um, so eventually, once that project is tied up, our portraits will be printed on a large scale and actually put up in a public space. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, like really confronting because portraits are obviously not something that I paint. And let's face it, like I think everyone, whether you're artistically minded or not, like painting a face is actually quite, yeah. um, you know, stretching the skill set. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and also, um, but also heard, for you guys too, having your face out there yeah. too, like that's something to, you know, consider yeah. if there's any sort of, you know. Oh, I've got a big chin, or you know that sort of stuff.
1: You know, oh, it's it's yeah. It trust up. me, I've I've I have fast forwarded my thoughts to that moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, look, it's that it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. yeah so exactly. it's 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 only really just kicking off at the moment. But um, I think uh, if if you were interested in more on that particular project, um, you could go to um if you look up april hague h-a-g-u-e mm-hmm. on instagram um she's got some information on there um right. but yeah perhaps if they if they do set up a specific social media page I'll let you know Alison so you can yeah. maybe I link can to the there. specific yeah absolutely
0: because yeah I'd, I'd love to keep keep an eye on that and I'm sure a lot of people would be really interested in that too yeah seeing the progression yeah. of that oh good yeah. for you that sounds so great Julia good one yeah
1: yeah
0: lots of cool stuff happening i
1: know yeah oh now i should i should also say that i i'm going to be at a market on the 10th of december mm -hmm. um yeah at uh the city hall in our gambia there's an artisans market there so um yeah it was quite popular last time so hopefully it will be this time as well
0: If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please contact me at the link in the bio or send me an email at alisonnewman.net. Edge Dwellers Cafe is a fortnightly-ish, long-form interview-based podcast featuring conversations about politics, environment and mental health in a world on edge with Ben Habib. Ben is an international relations researcher, environmental educator mental health advocate and long-time friend of mine who enjoys having a yarn over a hot coffee. The podcast tries to make sense of the different kinds of edges that define us, divide us and shape how we interact with each other in a world that's gone a little bonkers and what it means to be a little different. Check it out at podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts.